So we're continuing in our, our summer series, The One and Others. The One and Others are in the Bible. We've talked about several of them now. There's about, about 40 some odd one another's throughout the Bible. And these one another's isn't in any particular verse, but they, they're all scattered throughout the Bible. And what the purpose of the one another's are is written for the church, okay? This is for in-house church people. People that are believers, the one another's is how do we treat one another? How do we, how do we relate to one another? But it's not just for the church. It's not just a good suggestion of this is how we should relate to each other, but it's how we relate to each other. So when others look into the church, they see it as a witness. They see it that as, oh, Christians, these people that call themselves Christians, they behave differently. They behave differently towards each other. And that's what it's for. The one another's is for others to see. It's a witness for the world to see that we are different, that we treat each other differently. And so that's, that's, that's what this whole series is about. And we've looked through so many different ones. We've t- said speak truth into each other. We've looked at uh, show hospitality to each other, uh, encourage one another. Um, we've looked at ex- ex- exhort one another. And today we're going to look at one which is a little odd. It's, it's sing to one another. And so I'm going to explain, explain more of that. But really, what the one another's in the Bible are, it's, they're very practical action things that we could do. Sometimes we do it, and oftentimes, as, we, as you're hearing in the testimonies, when, when um, someone calls somebody else out, the person that gets called out is like, oh, I actually didn't really do much. I don't feel like I, I, I stepped out of, of, of my comfort to actually do something, but that's what the one another's are, is that we, we do things that are simple. Sometimes it takes more intentionality, but the heart of it is really about being Christ to each other. In 1 John 3.16, it says this, by this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. The, in this commandment of the one another's, it first comes from love. The love of Christ in our lives that Christ loved us so much that he laid down his life for us. That needs to be the foundations of why we do the one another. That needs to be the motivation of why we do this. And John 4 expands this thought and it says that to let us love one another because for what? For love is from God. It continues to expand it. It says that love is given us by his spirit, that it is what? It is in us, that it abides in us, that it lives with us, that through the love of God, he gives us what? His spirit. Okay, we don't talk about that enough, but God gives us his spirit, and through this, we are perfected. That it is only through God's love that you and I as Christians are perfected. And then when, when that happens, we then can extend that same love to others. So the foundations of what we do and the, 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 the motivation of everything that we're preaching in this series comes from that place. 
We need to remember that. We need to remember that we don't do the one another's out of our, our, our own ability or our, our own methods or our, the ways that we feel like, oh, I'm going to do it because this will earn me points. It's not out of that. The motivation needs to be, Christ died for me, therefore I could die for others. Christ loved me, therefore I could love others. That's the motivation. That's where all of this comes from. The foundation of our lives as followers of Christ is that we are sinners and we are perfected by this love. That this love is transformational. That this love is inspirational. That it is motivational. That it drives out fear. When we are able to capture the heart of this good news, which is the gospel, it changes the way that we operate and it changes the very core of who we are. And then we begin to be more like who Jesus is. This is the church culture that Jesus wants us to live. It's about Jesus and how we are to be more like him. So let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word, for your spirit, for all that you are about to pour into this church. And Lord, as we look into scripture today, as we look into what you have commanded us to do with each other. Lord, I just pray that this becomes an encouragement for us, but not only as encouragement for the body, but encouragement for the world to see that you are different. So Father God, may this be an expression of our love as we offer you our praise and our blessing unto you. So Lord, we thank you and pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So today our testimony actually comes from Liz and Carmen. And it is Liz who is calling out Carmen, so we're going to play that uh, right now. Hi, Five Stones. Um, my name is Liz, and today I wanted to talk about when I first joined uh, Five Stones Church and um, the impact that Carmen Wong, now Carmen Hansen, uh, had on um, my walk with God and, and my time at the church. Um, so I um, have been a Christian my whole life, always going to church, and in my early 20s, I really fell away from God and had a really hard time coming back. I've always struggled with um, feeling like I had to work really hard to earn God's love, never really, never really fully understanding um, what His true love and grace um, meant or how they worked, I guess. And um, so coming back to church was a really big deal for me because I had just spent years feeling like if I go back, I'm just going to fail again. And um, so it was a really big decision for me to come back to church at all. And um, I'd been coming to Five Stones for a few months, I guess. And we were doing Sunday night services at the time. And um, I was really enjoying it, and we closed with some worship. And I was just standing there worshiping and um, just really feeling God's presence, uh, which was super refreshing for me. And Carmen came over, and we'd maybe had a couple conversations but she came before this, but she came over to me and asked if she could pray for me, and I said, sure, and uh, never went to turn down prayer. And she came over to me and just started praying for me, and then I don't even remember what she prayed, but at the end she said to me, Liz, I just really feel like God's telling you, like, He loves you, no matter what you do, no matter where you're at, He loves you, you don't have to do anything to earn it. And 
there was something that was so um, powerful about that and the Holy Spirit just used that to just cut through this um, image that I had of how God felt about me or of what I had to do to be loved and I just remember like I broke down crying and um, and then she just continued to pray for me and in that moment just that belief that I had to earn God's love totally broke and it was a total turning point in my life and in my relationship with God and um, in my uh, love for the church even too um, I'd always been involved in church and, and in worship and in youth group and all of these different things and worked for a church for a time but I um, there was always a part of me I think that I was holding back because I felt like if I gave my all to it and then I failed that um, that it would be even harder uh, and it would hurt even more and so I've been able to give myself to my relationship with God and to my relationship um, with Five Stones as a family in a totally different way than I um, ever have before. So Carmen, I just wanted to say thank you for listening to the Holy Spirit and for coming over and um, it was an opportunity to that that God used to totally change my life and my heart and heal a lot of stuff that I didn't even know needed healing at the time. So thank you so much and uh, yeah, I am just so appreciative um, for you and just the care that you have and the love that you show the people around you. It's just amazing. So thanks, Carmen. Hi, everyone. Long time no see. <sighs> thanks for the shout out, Liz. Never thought I'd be doing something like this because I hate taking pictures of myself or videos of myself, but here we are. Um, I have to say, I don't really remember that night. I actually didn't remember that night until you reminded me um, about it when you <laughs> approached me about doing this um, video thing um, for the church. And uh, yeah, so from my perspective, that night at the worship service, I have to say at that time, many moons ago, I was actually going through a lot of deep healing myself that um, God was just digging through um, in my heart and just pulling out deep roots in my life that didn't belong. Roots of, that are weeds and lies and things that needed to be rid of in my own life. And so um, I miss those worship services, those evenings where we just go to church and you worship God and you can sing your heart out, you can dance, you can pray, you can have all the freedom to just worship. And I remember that, yeah, I even remember the first time you came to the Wong Cho cell group. <laughs> I don't think there's any more Wongs or Cho's in that cell group anymore, but um, that isn't the main point. The main point is that you came to our cell group and we got to meet you. And I was like, who is this girl that is Alex and Jesse's friend? Who is she? But you came to our evening service and I was like, huh, okay, this is interesting. It was cool to see you there. And 
I remember worshiping God and just enjoying myself and God's presence and you know that warm fuzzy feeling when his presence is just so heavy in the room and then I get the prompting and I was like I don't know <laughs> I don't know about this Holy Spirit's like you gotta go over and you gotta pray for her and I was like okay but how what do I say He's like just tell her that I love her and I was like, are you sure, God? Because, like, and then I was like, are you sure, Carmen? Are you hearing God right? Um, what if you're not hearing God right? What, what if it's just a song <laughs> that you're singing and it's prompted something? And so I waited some more and I was like, okay. And then the Holy Spirit's like, no, no. When are you going to go? You got to go. Otherwise, you're going to miss a chance. And I was like, Okay, I'm gonna go by faith and take this chance. Whatever I'm missing, I have no idea, but I have FOMO, so I don't wanna miss out. So I went over and I asked for permission to pray for you because I really didn't know you yet at that point. And he said yes, and I was like, okay. And so I started praying just a simple prayer that you know the Holy Spirit started me off with and then I just kept going. Spirit just gave me more and more words to pray. I don't remember what those words are anymore. I just remember that you really needed to be reminded of God's unconditional love. And of course, you know, the tears started flowing. And I wasn't so sure if I should keep going. And the Holy Spirit's like, keep going. I was like, okay. And I wasn't sure, I didn't know actually, that it had such an impact in your life, Liz. Um, I, because tears are very common at Five Stones Church. Many people cry when they come to our church. And sometimes they don't even know why, it's just the presence of God, he just comes. And so I was like, okay, you know, they're usually happy tears, I'm usually safe. If, if not, you know, Pastor Rich will fix things. And um, so, yeah, I just left it as what it is and gave you a hug. I, I do remember the hug. And that was it. And, you know, thinking back about that night, I've just been so reminded by your story of how much God pursues us, how much his heart is for us and not against us. And if he is for us, nothing can be against us. In church, it's just a little song, same few words repeated over and over again. But those profound truths come back and they just hit you over the head like a bat. And you're just blown away by the power of those few words when God says, I love you. And, wow, okay. Um, yeah, God has a way of doing things. He has it, his timing, but 
yeah, he just loves to surprise us in such beautiful, profound ways where it breaks apart the guards, the lies, the darkness, the shame, everything that doesn't belong. God just has this way of tearing it all apart so gently. And I'm so thankful that I've been a part of your community, Liz, that I got to be, you know, that we get to be in the same church family for so many years. Um, because, I don't know, life would be so boring without you. And we've had so much fun. You sang in my wedding and, yeah. It's been a blast to see how God brings people together. Even the most unlikely people, the most different people, um, I've seen God just bring people together and use them to bless each other. And that blows me away every single time. And so, Liz, thank you. Thank you for being so willing to allow God back into your life that time and allowing me into your life and giving yourself a chance to experience um, what God wants for you. Um, I've just seen how he has grown you stronger and more beautiful, the greater expression of who he always intended you to be. Um, it's been a joy, um, yeah, to get to be a part of all of that. And God gets all the glory because of all the beauty he creates in our lives. So, as my German husband told me, it's always great to give you a cheers with a little drink and bless you. And I know God has so many more things for you. And um, yeah, five stones, people, you gotta just get on this train of asking God, when do you get to bless somebody in this room? When do you get to be blown out of the water with the few words he gives you and how it just impacts somebody else's life? And taste and see how good he is. Cheers, everyone. Love you so much, Liz. Bye. I feel like Carmen just preached for me today. <laughs> and Liz is crying in the back, so everything's all good. Carmen delivered something that was so simple, yet so profound. I'm encouraged to see even just the relationship between Carmen and Liz and see where, where that simple act has brought the two of them today. Liz is now working for the church, and Liz actually also works with Carmen uh, in Hive City. She actually does a lot of the accounts for Hive City, and so they're actually now working together professionally, and their relationship continues to grow and continues to build from just that simple act of obedience. 
It took obedience from both Carmen and Liz, and for Liz to even step back into church and to worship, and for Carmen to hear from God and to deliver a simple word that cuts so deep for both of them. This is a testimony of obedience to God and a love of God. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 19, it says this. It says, speak. In some translation, it uses speak. I'm using from the ESV. So it says, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with all your heart. Well, that's a weird passage. Why would we be encouraged to, to speak worship, psalms, hymns, spiritual songs over each other. Let's unpack this a little. So if we look at the whole chapter of chapter 5, Paul writes in chapter 5, in the beginning of it, it says, Be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself, us, gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. It goes back to that place that it is only out of God's love that Christ died for us. That Jesus' death on the cross is a representation of how much he loves us. So we always go back to that place, the gospel. That it is in love that we are transformed so that we could do And then chapter 5 goes on and lists a whole bunch of things. It says to stay away from sexual immorality, no filthy talk, crude joking, do not deceive, stay away from darkness, don't get drunk. Sometimes as Christians, we look at that list, and this is a heavy list. We look at these lists and we're just like, well, this is overwhelming. It feels like a chore. But as we have talked about, even at the beginning of this message in 1 John We always need to see that Christ is our motivator for all of these things. That the good news that God gives us comes first out of his love. He doesn't say do all these things so that you can receive the love of God, but that God loves us first, therefore we could do all of these things. You see, order matters. We've talked about this many times, that order always matters. We do not do these things so that God accepts us. This laundry list of things, sometimes when we look at, if I have to do this in my power, it's going to take a lot out of me in order to do it. But like I said, orders matters. It says that because God loves you, because God has sent his son to die for you, it's an expression of his love. That love is there to transform you and what perfects you, right? First John 4, perfected in love, that we become perfect in his love. And when we do that, when we accept that and when that becomes our motivator, that becomes the core of our, who we are in our being, then we could do all these things. Oftentimes in church, we, we're, we're always just given all of the things that we should and shouldn't do. And sometimes with church tradition, it, it becomes this thing of, I just need to be obedient. I need to follow the commandments. I need to do all of these things. But we forget that we need to do these things out of Jesus' love and that Jesus is our motivator to do all of these things. As Christians, the hardest part of being a Christian is following the rules that are laid out before us. 
We try to do them to impress God or to impress the church or to impress our parents or the people looking at us. Just as Liz said in her testimony, I don't want to fail anymore. I don't want to go back to church because I just don't want to fail. God doesn't look look at us and say, I need you to do better. God looks at you and says, Jesus did it all so that you don't need to do better. Why? Because you cannot do better. That's the reality of the life that we live is that we can never be good enough. Even if we try to do better, no matter how hard you try, you will never be enough to become perfect. But Jesus did. And Jesus was perfect. And he did it. And that Jesus is the only sacrifice that is ever enough. That's the love of God. That we get to be in the presence of, of God because of Jesus. That we get to come into the presence of, of, of the Holy Spirit and of God and say, God, I am shameful. I'm this, I'm that, I'm broken, I'm, I need healing. And God says, awesome. Because Jesus paid the price, so therefore you can have all of it. That you don't need to do anything. That Jesus did it all. That when I see you, I see the righteousness of Jesus on you. I don't see all this, the sin and shame that is, that is on you. I don't see all the things that you've done. I see my son Jesus. That's the ultimate sacrifice that has been paid so that we can have access to the presence of God. So that we have access to perfection. So that we have access to to everything that is given to us in the church and all the blessing that Jesus has promised you. That, and because of all that, that becomes a motivation for us to do all of these other things. That we are perfect through the love of Jesus. This is the posture and position that we get to stand in and live in. That when God looks at us, he already sees the righteousness that Jesus lived And then it is passed on to us that God loves you. This is if this is all you need to hear today, I just want you to hear that. That God loves you. I need you to hear this every day, every moment, every second, that God loves you. We live in a place where we hear God loves you on a Sunday when maybe we hear God loves you on a Wednesday, or maybe we hear God loves you on a cell group. But we forget that God loves us every other day and every other moment. But one of the things I want you to remind yourself every single day is that God loves you. That he loves you so much that he gave his son for you. That he doesn't see your blemishes. He doesn't see your failures. He doesn't see how hard you've fallen. That in all your sins, in all your failures, in all of the things that you feel like I cannot access God because of all of these things that I've done in my past, that God says, no, I don't care. I love you anyways. Start there. Every single day, start there. When you wake up, says God loves me. When you wake up, remind yourself, I am a child of God, that God loves me, that he saved me, that I am able to have access to him today, right now, in this moment. I don't feel good. Who's going to make you feel better? God is. His love is going to be poured poured into you. His spirit is going to come upon you. And you're going to be able to tackle whatever you have to tackle that day because you know that God loves you. Right? 
How many of us know that truth here today? That God loves me. That I don't need to work for God's love. I don't need to prove myself to gain God's love. That God's love was given to you first. First. That he reached out to you first. So because of this then love, then we can understand what it means when Paul writes to be imitators of Christ. That because of God's love for us, that we want to be more like him, we want to be more like Jesus, that we could have access to more of who Jesus is. That we could become like him, perfected. Because we know Jesus lived that perfect life, and that's what we strive for. Right? So if, we, if that's something that we strive for, then that's the thing that we have to do, is that we become imitators of Christ. And part of that involves us being filled with the Spirit. In verse 18 it says, do not be filled with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. And then, in verse 19 comes this verse, saying, address one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Growing up in a conservative Christian, Christian church, oftentimes I remember doing church means that we always have to be quiet and sometimes the hymns are depressing and it's a little too reflective. It's almost like we're promoting this faith that comes with melancholy and the more faithful you are, the more depressed you look. But that's what I grew up in. And for me, it it was always this thing that just felt so ironic to me. Like for me, I'm just like, this is why Christians don't have fun. Like you go to church and it's, okay, the word doxology means to give praise. We sang doxology at the end of every service growing up and we sang doxology before meals and everything. So you guys know the song doxology? Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Great lyrics, depressing melody. (laughs) Right? Lyrics are awesome. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Amazing lyrics. But why does it have to sound so sad? I'm not going to a funeral and praising God. But that's what sometimes for us as churches, the Puritans and the Calvinists, God bless them. They have made church sad. They have made church depressing. I'm a Calvinist, so I'm speaking of myself too. But it's to a place where, when he says, speak songs, psalms and spiritual songs and hymns over each other. I don't believe that Paul was singing doxology back then because it wasn't written yet. But what, it, what this word means, what the scripture means is to speak joy, hope, God's promises into each other. Remind each other of what God has given us. Remind each other of the scripture. So many worship songs, so many hymns are actually based off of scripture. Did you know that? That the heart of all of these things is scripture. That the words that we sing, oftentimes, even if we don't know the, the scripture, we know the lyrics to the song, and so many times these lyrics are verses. And that's why it's just sing, speak these things over each other, because it's, it does what? It reminds us of who God is. It reminds us of the truth that God has for us. It reminds us of a place of, of promoting joy and hope. To, to give praise should come with joy, right? Not this depressing funeral-like-esque 
I don't even know that's a word. Um, feeling. It's about to give praise, to give honor, to worship, to bless God. And when we do that, and we sing that over each other, we're reminding each other of the, those things too. We're telling each other there's hope, that there's joy, that God is great, that he is awesome, that he is faithful. That's what happens when we sing to each other. Now, I know some of us aren't great singers. Some of us may be tone deaf and you're just like, oh, I don't think that that's a good idea for me to sing to each other. Speak it. Speak that same truth to each other. See, the word actually says speak. It doesn't require you to sing. But if you can, sing. The Psalms are about rejoicing, to praise God. It represents our hope and our joy. I'm not saying that every song has to be pumping and joyful. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that we have to have a worship set that is only upbeat. No, I'm not saying that. Because there's, there's a time and place for everything. And there's a, there's, there's a, a thing of shepherding the, the, the feeling and the spirit that God is laying into the, the room. But every single song needs to point towards Jesus. Every single song needs to be pointing us towards hope and towards joy. It needs to point our hearts towards him. That's what it means to sing songs and to sing hymns and to speak psalms over each other. Carmen and Liz, their interaction was at a worship night. So, very appropriate, right? They were singing, and in in, in that singing, they were reminded of God's love. So Carmen went over, and she didn't sing to Liz, but she spoke truth. She spoke the truth of God into Liz's life. Carmen heard from the Spirit because she is filled with the Spirit. And she walked over to Liz and she spoke truth into Liz's life. And she spoke the foundations of faith and proclaimed that over her life. That Liz is not a failure. That she is loved. This is laying down foundations and the fundamentals of faith into Liz. This is profound. But it was a simple act. Carmen was only able to do this because she also knows that same truth. That God loves her. This was true for her. That she said that even in that time, she was going through some things that she was reminded that God loves her. And so as she spoke those things over her, she was also proclaiming that same aspect over her own life. And so because that she sang the psalms and hymns of spiritual songs for both her and Liz, it reminded them that God loves them. This was so foundational to both of them that it increased faith. And that's what it's about. That's what this one another is about. It's about increasing faith in each other to, so that we can continue to walk this journey together with God. Amen? When we look at singing songs, sometimes we, we're like, uh, this is weird. What do I do? Do I go up to Rich and say, the Lord is your shepherd, he, you shall not want. Yes, do that. Because Rich would appreciate that. Right? It reminds Rich that God is his shepherd. When we go up to each other, don't be weird about it. You could, you could be nice about it. Pray over each other, encourage each other. That's what this is all about. It's so that we could do this journey together with God. Together, 
Christianity in the church requires togetherness. It doesn't, it's not a singular thing. It's a, a, a collective thing. Church is a movement. It's a movement of people. And in order for us to move, we need to do this with each other, right? Now, what happens when we do this? In verse, if we continue reading, it actually says this. It says that because you're making melody to the Lord with all your heart, you give thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. This is the expression of singing to one another. Is that when we sing to one another, not only does it lift ourselves and our, our faith up, it doesn't just encourage hope, it also gives thanks to God. That this is about acknowledging the love that God has for you. When you do this for each other, you're also praising who Jesus is and praising who God is in your life and giving thanks for all the things that he's poured into your life. So it's not just about each other. It's also about giving thanks. It's, this is an act of both horizontal and vertical. It's relational in the sense that it is about each other, but it is also about giving thanks to our creator. That's why we do it. It's an expression of us giving thanks to what Jesus did on the cross for us. Amen. This is incredible. This is the gospel. This is culture changing. This changes the way that we move, the way that we act, the way that we do things. It says that everything that I do is in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That when we do this, we give thanks always and for everything to God. Wow. This is a life of doxology, of praising God. Doxology means praising God, not the hymn. Depressing. Not the lyrics, the melody. Doxology. When we do this to one another, this is a spiritual act of worship. To speak joy in the house of the Lord, that he is the God of covenant, that he is the God of faithfulness, of promises, and great is your faithfulness. There's nothing better that, than God, that we can count on the grace of God. Those are all the lyrics that we sang today. That these are the promises that we speak to each other. To speak joy into the house of the Lord and that he is, that, that all praise from God whom all blessings flow. Speak these things over each other. Give thanks always for everything that God has given us. So church, are you guys ready to do this with each other? Are we ready to come and sing over each other's lives? To give praise to God and give thanks to God together? Let's do it. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you, Lord, for your encouragement. We thank you for the testimony of Carmen and Liz and just simple acts bring profound 
revelations. So Lord, as we are encouraged by your word today to sing to each other, Lord, may we sing our praise to you. May we lift our thanks to you. May we give all our blessing to you as well. And Lord, may we encourage each other in our walk. So Lord, encourage our spirit today. Strengthen our inner man so that we can walk at this out together. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I was just struck by, it, it's amazing what John said, how so many of our songs are, are verses from the Bible, but yet songs bring something out of us that reading those verses sometimes just doesn't. You know, I was really struck by the the song, The Blessing. You know, they they took verses out of Leviticus and Deuteronomy, which are arguably some of the driest books to read in the Bible. And they made an amazingly emotional song out of it. And sometimes I think we need to go back and look at those words and, and really sing them out. And I think that's where, you know, John just did such a great job of, God didn't say to talk to each other. He, you know, he does want us to talk to each other, but he wants us to sing to each other. He wants us to sing our prayers to each other. He wants us to sing our, our words of encouragement to each other. And that, that doesn't always mean melodically, because some of us just can't even do that. But what it, what it means is to put our cares and our emotions into it. We, we need to care about it. And I think that's where singing just brings that out. You, you, you cannot sing an emotional song and, and stay inside. You, you have to put your cares into it. They can be sad songs. They can be happy songs. But songs bring out emotion. And so I think this morning, just, you know, John's just encouragement is just care about the people around us. Care when you're doing things. Don't, don't do things by rote. And we know that when we do those, we're just like Jesus because Jesus cared for those that he was talking to. I don't, I don't think when the blind came up to Jesus, he was like, yeah, okay, you're healed, cool, you know, like move on. Like he cared. He spoke passionately. You know, I can't even imagine hearing what the Sermon on the Mount was like because you think how much he cared. Think about where he was going. So... Lord, we just thank you this morning. We just thank you that you cared so much for us that you sent your son. That you cared so much for us that you gave us as creation the ability to feel emotion, to to feel these feelings, to, to give us an ability to connect to you in a way that's beyond logical beyond academic, Lord. It's just another way of connecting to understanding how you feel about us. Just a drop in the bucket of the emotions and the love that you have for us. So Lord, we just thank you this morning. We thank you for the worship team that just brought out these emotions and songs to to lead us into, into speaking with you. We just thank you for the words of John to just connect us to your Bible and to to show us how to speak to each other, to encourage each other so that we also can praise you in imitating Christ. So Lord, we just praise your name and pray your blessings on us this week. Amen.